stuff. I ran what? the uh, I ran the idea by my wife yesterday of who would you rather have a shower with a group of people that you do know or a group of people that you don't, and she said don't. She said I would rather be in a room full of people that I don't know naked versus people that I do. See. I am not That's the only funny. insane one here. Um, I still think you don't know everybody's intentions if you don't know everybody. <laughs> you know what, guys? That might be that might be a poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? I, I yeah. would rather be naked in front of a group of strangers, group of friends. <laughs> I'd feel more I, I, not. I'd rather be. I'd feel more comfortable naked in front I'd of rather a. Rather be. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I think, I, I don't know. I think it would be funny, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, it would be funny. I, I mean, I don't know about the question. Right. I don't know well, how yeah, to, especially I don't know when how you phrase it like that. that. When you I phrase it, it like, would you rather that. with friends? Like, I'm just saying people <laughs> you know or people you don't. Not your friends yeah. or people you don't know. <laughs> I'd feel more family? comfortable. <laughs> I, I, I'd feel more comfortable in front of. <laughs> but then that yeah but then again if you put people people i know then everybody's immediately going to say spouse and that's skewed what about your co-workers <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit i don't know i think there's yeah. something there the just because every day that, every day your buddy that's helping you with the wheelbarrow is going to picture you naked with the yeah. wheelbarrow <laughs> <laughs> um Watch a tire. Watch a tire. There's a lot of motion when you're pushing a wheelbarrow, too. It's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, it's not no. it's bad naked. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm way I'm not I, I, I debated whether or not to uh, show off my new work fashion accessory. I'm not going to. Uh, well, oh here here it is right here. Uh, I now. Oh, you got like a do rag? Is that a do rag? Yeah, man. Like as a bald man, when you're working outside in the summer, you mm. gotta have something to soak up the sweat. This works like a charm, but I look like a combination of Mike Reno working for the weekend in Lover Boy and somebody highly unqualified to be on Survivor. <laughs> it's like a nasty you got your combination. Buffs. Yeah, she, she goes on. It's Anyway. White is a bold choice for considering yeah. that you do a lot of work outside. Okay, so yes. Is that a floral pattern on there? <laughs> I don't know. It's your typical bandana thing, you know. No, the, it's the, skulls. The paisley. There are no skulls. Oh, okay. I, uh, I, I, no, I had to. I picked up a couple at the dollar store on the way to work yesterday. Mm. Um, my first, my first choice, uh, because Canada Day is coming up. They had these neat Canadian flag ones. Mm. So. Uh, I had that tying on my head, and part of the reason I wear this keeps the sweat out of my eyes, and also I, I douse my head in cold water because the water stays cold and it keeps you cool. Yeah, uh, nice. the, the Canadian flag, because it was a dollar store uh, bandana, as soon as I dunked the water, it looked like blood running down oh. my head. The dye <laughs> ran so bad, so like... And I had a sleepless shirt on, and everybody was like, oh, dude, get out of the sun. You're fucking burning bad. I, I looked like a starburst. Like, it was, I was red. So I immediately, like, oh, I, had man. To, I had to use, like, one of my wife's scrubby, scrubby things in the shower to get the red out of my skin yesterday. So that's, hence, hence the white. Huh. Now on, it's white. I guess they don't they don't make Canadian flags in China the way they used to. I guess no, exactly. Yes, exactly. Ba Bangladesh has lost their way. So, it's, uh, it's, it's a purely 
purely <laughs> white thing now. Yeah. Anyway. So just just a couple of, just a couple of news stories I wanted to throw yeah, your you way. Have? Just uh, uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but but um, there's been an extended heat warning issued for Hamilton. <sighs> oh shit! <sighs> the warning stays in place until canceled. So whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> oh my fair god! Enough. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Temperatures are expected to reach a high of 29 degrees Celsius with a humid X feel around 36 degrees Celsius. That's, uh, I think that's 32 crazy. is 100 Fahrenheit. I think. Yeah, it's it's bad. Serves. So that's that's just great for having to head off and do another day of wheelbarrow and shovel. They're opening up some spray pads around the city, and um, they're telling people to drink water and and whatnot so you know as what as you'd expect but it doesn't sound like that's going to be ending any soon anytime soon which is they've built quite the real city downtown i don't know if you've uh, been around first ontario center over the past little bit but there's uh quite the tent city for the homeless in there because it's shaded because across the street across the street where the um uh, some sort of service for for the homeless is right across the street on uh, on Cannon there, uh, or York, I guess it is at that Sa- point. Salvation Army. Yeah, and that's, yeah. so I guess they've kind of migrated across the street because uh, the overhangs on the stadium uh, provide a little bit of shade. It's, Good. it's something to see. There's there's some honestly, a lot of people are down on panhandlers and so on and so forth, but they are going through a really rough time now. The homeless, not only because of the heat, but because of um, there was a great physical distancing. Piece I was I was listening to on CBC or something over the weekend that because nobody's using cash right now, nobody's got change in their pocket, and people who are you know hoping to get ten bucks so they can eat for the day out of panhandling are having an even harder time with it now. So. Um, if you've, you know, if you've always been one of those, I uh, know I never give those people money. Now might be a time to take a little bit softer approach. It's tough, tough sledding for people without a home right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. People always I, think, I people always think when, it's, when it's cold, but you know, I mean, when it's uh, 40 degrees with a humidex. That's, yeah, there's no escaping it. It's impressive. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead, buddy. No, no. I, I was driving through on Sunday. Uh, I was driving through Jackson Square and it seemed like there was a lot of activity from like just like, you know. If you were driving people. through Jackson Square, there was probably a lot of activity, <laughs> like a police pursuit. People Chris. jumping out of the way. <laughs> no, but like, you know how that, you know that, that front entrance, how there's always usually a lot of panhandlers? It felt like there was more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Before. No, it is. It, yeah. It's time. It wild. That's a big reason is, is people aren't yeah. carrying cash. Nobody's carrying cash. So. Um, so another another story, and this is this is kind of a bullshit story. I don't know that there's any way we can take it other than fuck this person. But, but the police are uh, looking for somebody who dropped a rock on a vehicle from a Highway 403 overpass. Um, it's Brant County OPP, um, and it's like the Bishopgate Road overpass. I'm not entirely sure where that is. Uh, they said Burford. Do you know where that it's is? It's on the other yeah. side of on the other side of Branford. I, yeah. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I've never just been actually there. been that way. So you know, this is this is just local news. So if you know, if if anybody out there knows an asshole. That might. I, I feel like that was just a stupid overpass. fucking kid. Like I don't feel like that was like a. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not condoning it, but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. that was just a stupid kid. I don't think that was a, a fucking adult. I would find that hard to believe. Yeah, and then there's another one um, from the Barton Jail. There's a couple things from the Barton Jail actually. Uh, one, uh, prisoners are actually going on a hunger strike right now uh, to protest the quality of the food in the prison. And then uh, another one is two Barton Jail correctional officers have been charged with selling drugs to inmates. I saw that one. They were selling pot, weren't they? 
Uh, yeah, I, a, I, a I, let's see here. Um, it doesn't necessarily say. It says giving drugs to inmates. Um, they were following up on. You know, there there was a lot of there's a lot of overdoses that happen at the Barton Jail, and it's yeah. this big thing. And and you know, people have been protesting the conditions at Barton for for years now. <clears throat> like there there's been, there have been people show parking across the street and yeah. playing music and and doing all that stuff to show solidarity with these prisoners. Um, and uh, there's a guy named James McRae uh, from Kitchener and Pierre Luc Pluff, 39 of Delhi, were arrested and are accused of distributing yeah cannabis so yeah weed but i mean it's got to be yeah that's not the problem they were trying to trying to solve so there's got to be more to it than that i'm not saying weed for prisoners but i am saying that is i i think it's really time to to re-examine how prison conditions and and how people are incarcerated are are treated i think it's mm-hmm. inhumane. i think it's very inhumane um unless you're in there for like one of the real high serious crimes that you should you should not be living in conditions like that. You know what I mean? Like if you're in there on a, some sort of felony, misdemeanor, public mischief, or you've done a few bad things one too many times, and you're in there and you're lumped in with people who've committed some very serious crimes, that uh, you're you're in the wrong place. I, I really I don't know I don't know I don't know no, enough about it, but uh, I do know a couple people who've done a little bit of time and. Um, the con- and and they're they're good people who made mistakes sort of yeah. thing and it's 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 in, it's inhumane it really is mm-hmm. it's one of, that's one of those things that I definitely know about myself I know that I would not do well in fucking prison nor would I I would I'm just I'm, I'm not saying anybody's built for that kind of life but I think there are some people that could maybe uh, handle it a little bit longer mm-hmm. than I could I, mm-hmm. I would fucking fold pretty quick. So you got one more story before we get into some of the other stuff we were th- we were going to talk about today, yeah. and this is a little bit f- more fun. Um, a twelve-year-old Brantford girl won Junior Chef Showdown in Canada. Nice. Oh, yeah. um, so cool. she's from Brantford. She's twelve years old. Um, yeah, and she won twenty-five thousand dollars in a vacation for her family. Awesome. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, um, her name is Audrey McKinnon from Brantford. Very good. Pretty, good job, Pretty Audrey. cool, eh? Yeah. I don't know where you could go on a trip right now, but... <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah, you for later. <laughs> wow. That, no, Weird that's prize. A, I mean, to, I don't know, I, I'm no accountant, but 25000 would go a long way. You let, you let that sit long for a few years, you'd probably pay your first couple of years of school off or something like that no yeah, at least a, at least a <laughs> yeah, few books oh yeah <laughs> yeah that could that could pay that yeah. could cover probably if she's going to culinary school throw that in a bank for another what six years because before saying, she goes yeah. to school yeah. she could cover her whole education yeah, yeah. good for right, her right on. awesome good for her yeah, i love seeing when amazing. it's somebody close like on america's got talent they had the uh the girl that got the golden buzzer that sang and uh, she sang shallow the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga song and mm. she got a fucking golden buzzer and she's from Toronto and it's like that's cool. awesome like that's one of the biggest stages I know it's I know it's a reality show but in terms of a talent show it's mm-hmm. uh, it's essentially the biggest stage in the world for that type of stuff so to see uh, to see some nice local uh, localish talent Fuck, I, I'm uh, thrilled when one of my kids has the initiative to heat up hot dogs for the family so <laughs> <laughs> not in the microwave good for the fry mix- those shit. Yeah. Good for the McKinnons. That's good that's stuff. 
So, yeah. um, Mark, you, uh, <laughs> you, you did you guys uh, reach it? Well, sorry, have you reached a decision on who will be putting siding on on the roof? Yeah. Because it is your decision, right? Well, yeah. So we had siding on the garage. Yeah, we had the guy come take a look and uh, gave us a quote, and the quote that he gave us was half the price of the original quote we got. So I was just like, "Fuck, let's do it!" Like the first quote we got was twelve grand to do a siding on our garage, and the next guy came in and he's like, "Yeah, probably like five. And I was like, "Fuck this, let's sign this guy up." So anyway, I was dealing with the kids inside, so Sam went out and she's talking to the guy, and uh, they kind of agree on the price, and he's like, "Okay, well," and he's getting ready to leave, and he's like, "Well, if you just want to go uh, go inside and run it by your man and uh, give me a shout and let me know whether or not you want to go forward." So she came inside, and I'm like, "How did that go?" And just the look on her face mm-hmm. is just. She, it didn't matter that we're saving $7,000. She fucking refused to use them. She's like, no, well, wow. I'll get a quote from somebody else. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, listen, your man here is telling you that maybe we should just, <laughs> yeah. should just bite the bullet. It's like, that's a little your man, Your man's saying swallow your pride. <laughs> Well, did he? Well, couldn't that have been just like innocent? Couldn't he? Like, I, think I don't it was. know the context. I couldn't think it, he have he just said like, oh, run it by guy. your partner? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it's not like, because that's a big decision that you need to probably run by your husband. Like, not necessarily because you need permission, but because it's like a lot of money. Yeah. yeah I mean, a, the look did, on did, her did, face. Like, she does better than I do. Like, she's just a better person all around than I am. <laughs> but, okay. But, 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 I mean, did you ask her, like, have, have you asked her to consider this? that had it been you out in the driveway, do you think it's any less or more likely that the guy would have said to you, go in, talk it over with your wife and give me a call? Do you, I, do you think, I do you feel think like he would have. Do you think he said think that because he, 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 he figured the man makes the decisions or did he ask it <laughs> no. because he figured this is a decision for a couple, the, the two homeowners to make? I I feel I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and going with the uh, the latter of the of those two. I is, just, is it because I he looked like was, a nice guy or because he's five thousand dollars cheaper? Because he's five thousand dollars cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> just go out and do the side. Like, I don't care. Just don't talk to my wife anymore. <laughs> to be fair, like you weren't no, not, none of us were there, so you don't know how he said it and like the tone of how he said it. Agreed. Is everything in that. Agreed. And if, and, and you know. If Sam was offended by it, like I'm sure she's been in the world enough to recognize tone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like you kind of have to. I don't know. It, it, and I, and I'm sure like any woman in general at this point, you know, is is familiar with condescending asshole dudes being bastards to them. You know what I mean? So I yeah. don't know that that would be. Yeah, so it's t- it's tough to say. Yeah, I, well, I, I had I would, yeah, I had this happen with me because right now I'm doing the cash job junk removal thing on the side, and um, the owner and proprietor of the business, my boss, is a young woman. She's 34, um, and she's she's an entrepreneur. She does very well for herself. She's great to work for. Um, but I went and did uh, so now I've, I've been around long that I'm, uh, long enough that I'm going out and doing jobs by myself and stuff and we had one job where we went in and I refused to do it because it was just it was mm-hmm. bad uh, I got on the phone with the homeowner a man uh, he was on the phone with me his son was at home while I was to do this job so the son calls him says they won't do it so I get on the phone with the guy and he says okay I can understand why you don't want to do that part of the house there was really bad water damage it it doesn't matter but there was another part of the house that could have been done 
but it hadn't been quoted. So he said, well, how much are you going to charge me to do this part of the job? And I said, honestly, I don't know. Um, uh, Laura is her name. Laura is, is she, she runs the company. She does the quotes. Uh, she, she does all that kind of stuff. He's like, okay. I said, so he said, so what's my next step? And I said, well, uh, you know, like we did the first time, take some pictures, send them to her, and then you, you guys can talk it out. And he said, all right, well, I, I tell you what, uh, I'll send the pictures off. You talk it over with your wife and let me know what you decide. I said, hold on. I just explained to you, one, I don't know where you got the idea that she's my wife. And two, <laughs> two I just finished telling you I don't do this part of the job. She points, I lift. She does all the quotes. She does all this. But still, it did not, it would not, it could not compute with this guy. Like, I explained it twice. I'm not the guy. I, I'm not the person. Mm. Not, not just not the guy. I'm not the person in charge of this. And twice he said, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Well, talk it over with your wife and get back to me. Jesus. So I, I just said, okay, I'll do that. We never got back to him and after I told her that story. So I can kind of see where, where Sam's coming oh, from yeah. with this. That you condescending prick. It's not his choice by default because it's his you know what i mean yeah well, we had like, uh, we used to have an accountant that we have a different account now but we had an account that used to come over to our house and do our taxes once a year and he was a decent guy you know what i mean super i mean good always got us a return and all that kind of shit and i remember the one year he came over to our house and i forget i forget even the direction the conversation went but he was talking about some other guy that he knew and he referred to him as a cunt like, and my wife is sitting there. We're sitting there, like, getting our taxes done. And he drops that one. And, like, that's just wow. one of those words. The the air gets sucked out of the room when you hear it, especially when you're sitting there with your wife. And anyway, he can, he proceeds to continue with our taxes. And well, he finishes and he leaves. And, like, as soon as the fucking door closed, I just looked at Sam and I was like, well, that'll be the last time we ever use him. And she was like, you're fucking right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. It was just you, like, you, you should have just, you should have tested the waters and said, you know what? I really like the cut of his jib. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about him. I really like him. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's brutal. I, I don't know if I've ever been in a situation like that where people have just been like, <clears throat> I'm sure I'm sure I have I'm just it's early in the morning and I'm struggling to find one but like no, there's, there's a, nothing there's nothing worse than like you know, if she's ever taken her car to like a mechanic or anything yeah, like yeah. that where they well yeah I've all I, I mean I've been married 20 years and every time that, that there's some sort of consultation going on whether it's been financial or home repair or auto or any of that kind of stuff if Amanda and I together are together the conversation is always deferred to me. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. even 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 when somebody's saying, "Well, you guys take some time and see what you think about it," they're looking at me. Yeah. So ultimately, the decision is mine. And yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's just ingrained or what that is, but it's like the I, dinner I, bill I, thing, eh? Like when the when a, a server comes and drops off a dinner bill at the table, they are just naturally pre inclined to dropping it, and for, like if there's. Yeah. A guy and a woman at the table, they're dropping in front of the man. It's just kind of the way there's, it's... Uh, there's a tradition I could do without. No kidding. No kidding. It's funny that we're talking about this. Just because I, I can just kind of wrap up with this. I, I saw this posted yesterday and... Uh, 
it's called it, it, it's referring to kneecapping sentences and it's something that um, women tend to do when they write out a sentence when they write something out they kneecap their own sentences so they'll say things like um, just or maybe or sort of it's a very uh, non or indecisive way to speak so uh, maybe you should leave how about just you should leave or right. I'm just trying to help I'm trying to help. You know what I mean? These are just little ways that, you know, I mean, mm. you, you kind of empower yourself uh, through conversation. You know what I mean? Especially now, because we do so much texting and, and emailing that just taking out that little word adds a little bit more authority to what you're saying. And you well, might get, I say you might get, like I'm speaking to all womankind here. You might get a little more respect if you talk like this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that these are things that uh, that people do that undermine what they're actually the point they're trying to get across. There's also cool. that tendency among, uh, I've read about this, and I've uh, once I read about it, I noticed it to be a, a definite thing, a phenomenon, is that uh, adolescent girls tend to intonate up when they talk. Hmm? It's almost like a question. It's almost as though it's almost like a question, whereas men typically intonate, don't intonate down, but leave it. Do you, that, 100%. You know, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah. yeah, a lot of phrasing. And I notice this with my daughter. And of course, I'm never going to pick on her for it or point it out. But she does it, too, where it's something that she is saying. It's definitively a statement. It's something that she believes in. Yeah. Uh, but she still, for some reason, intonates up at the end as though it's a question. And it's really not. It's just how she feels. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah. I, for me, you know, you know how I feel about this stuff. Like, I, I don't know that any of this stuff is, ne- is, is inherently female. Like, I, I've, I've met, Oh, yeah. No, the under, you know, I mean, the, the undercutting your, your, the way that you speak, that's, uh, that's men and women do it. Like, I, yeah, I, I like, write just all the time. Hey, I'm just checking in to see. No, I'm not just checking in. I'm fucking checking in. Mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, like it's, you, I, I've, I've met, I, it's, it's, it's just more of a confidence thing. Rather than a like a like a sex thing is the yeah. way I the way you know what I mean. It's like I'm talking seen, about systemic racism. There could be systemic confidence. You know what I mean? Like sure. men are, oh, men are that's, predisposed that's, to being more yeah. confident because of the society that we set up for ourselves. Mm, that's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. yeah, like like women have been told that they need a million things in order to to be valuable. You know, mm-hmm. makeup, clothes, mm-hmm. all this shit, like their whole life. So, yeah, that's an entirely different story. So I, I, I can get that for sure. And in terms of speech, too, I mean, men just have a biological advantage in that we're louder and deeper. Right. For the like most you, part, if, you, yeah. if you look at any uh, look at any species, uh, the, typically the, the person who's running the show is is the biggest, loudest, you know, with the deepest voice there. There's. Mm-hmm. You know, when when and again, this is not to say that there's any less authority coming from a mom. But if a dad gives a kid shit as opposed to a mom giving a kid shit, that kid is likely more going to listen to the dad, not because he's dad, but just because it's louder and more menacing. It, it, Possibly, it, it, is, yeah. it is more into it's being yelled at by a man is more intimidating than it is by a woman. Yeah. Just if you close your eyes, it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without yeah. without knowing if it's a man or a woman, obviously you're going to know. But there's just something more intimidating about a man raising his voice than a woman, and it's strictly to do with depth and how loud it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you know I'm super, I'm super mindful of it. Like with two little girls, like if I raise my mm-hmm. voice, I'm like, Mark, like they're just fucking little kids. Um, but yeah, it's just because I'm just louder. I'm not necessarily saying it any more aggressively. It's just my voice is louder. Yeah, and when <laughs> you're parenting, us, we that, work in radio, right? Like it's, when you're parenting, that tends to be it, like it, that can be a disadvantage to men because I, I would assume the flip side of that is when it comes to authority, that men are going to be listened to dad. The dads will be listened to more quickly because they're their voice is more effective in that manner. I wonder if on the flip side, you know, tender things like I love you's are more meaningful when it's coming from a softer, possibly more, yeah. more pleasant voice. I, I don't know if that's the yeah. case or not. Be, be a curious study. I'm sure there is one out there. Well, which one would make you feel better if I whispered in your ear, I love you. Or if I whispered in your ear, I love you. <laughs> I don't think either of them would work. Neither, to tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Actually, I was hoping that one of you would at least flinch a little bit. And neither of you even, it didn't register. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't get, uh, I, I didn't feel particularly mushy on either of those. Oh, to be honest with you. There you go. <laughs> um, Yesterday, I brought up the uh, the question of milestone ages, and I, I brought this up because uh, I'm coming up on one, and it's the f- I've never had an age that has loomed large for me. Thirty never loomed large. Chris, I saw from a Facebook comment that it did for you. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it didn't loom large until until I think the day before or whatever. Okay, okay. It's just uh, I, I like okay. So with ages, especially like these milestone ages, they don't really. I think I think nineteen, eighteen is different because you can vote. Nineteen is different because you can buy alcohol. Um, but I mean, when you, you can hit drive. These, 16 you can drive when you hit these when you when you hit these other milestones like the 30 the 40 the 50 the 60 whatever 65 is retirement i guess that's a little bit of a different story but like when you hit these like a big ones it's more of like a reflective yeah, situation exactly. and the, when i when i hit 30 that's when it did that's when it was different do you hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's where because I I hit that like reflective point. I mean I guess twenty five is a is a, a certain age as well. But like when I hit thirty and I had like this just like fucking you know look right into the face of my own mortality. Yeah. Like, you know, well, can I can I say I it like drunk. this? Maybe this maybe this describes what you're trying to say. Where I mean when you're sixteen, when you're eighteen, when you're nineteen, you get to think about all the things that you now get to do. Mm-hmm. When you're thirty mm-hmm. and forty and fifty, you think about the things that you haven't gotten to do or that you yeah. might never get to do. Because yeah. um, whatever I, I, it is for right? me, it, fuck man, for me, that was 40. Like I don't, you know, I mean, people talk about midlife crisis or whatever. Like I'd say in that, like 38 to 40, I, uh, I did a lot of fucking soul searching and mm. uh, made stupid mistakes and fucking went and got you know, I mean, mental help and lot, lots of different things in that pocket. Some people go buy a fucking uh, convertible. I went and got uh, therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that was a my bad idea. More, more people should go with that instead of the yeah, convertible. Yeah. Seriously. But the, the, the reason I brought this up is uh, like 30 never loomed large, never was pa- uh, cause for. And I thought that would happen at 40. And it didn't. 40 didn't affect me at all. Like, not one bit. I was, uh, you know, that was like turning 20. It was just like, yeah, it's another birthday. It's a, it's a, for some reason, we attach a significance to everything with a zero on the end. Yes. But this, mm-hmm. this, this one, I'm starting to think about it, and, and not with a sense of dread or anything, but I can already, and it's not happening for another, what, four or five months. My birthday's in December, but it's, I'm already really starting to get that. 
and it's new to me. It's completely foreign, that, that reflective feeling. There's no sense of dread. There's no, oh, my God, my life is definitely past the halfway point. I'm getting old and past my prime, all that kind of stuff. It's just for some reason, this particular number is, is this one's hitting me. Yeah. And it's only, mm. I mean, it's only a year. Rem- Here's what I don't get with the zeros. It's only a year removed from 49, right? It's like, ridiculous. Why, why, why yeah. am I not feeling that way right now? Like, Christ, six months difference. For some reason, a lot of us are like, no, no, I'm still 29. I'm not It's 30. the day of. That's the, yeah, that's it's the, the day of, right? Like, I won't be 50 until 9, 12 p.m. on December 1st. Well, if I can I wake say, up on December 1st, I'll still be 49 sort of thing. Like, some people yeah. really hang on to that nine for all they're worth. Well, if I can say, Benny, I mean, you're, you're coming up on 50 and I just passed, uh, I just passed 40. Mm. And if I can have the same fucking zest for life and you, I mean, it's not like, I, 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 maybe I look at it this way. When I think of 50 and then when I think of sick, I think of old and I'm not trying to, I'm not slagging on you. I'm just thinking no, when I think okay. of that number, I think of old. When I no, see you and I talk to you and I know you and I know the type of person you are and I know the things that you do, now I look at 50 and I don't think it's it's not old. It's just another well, fucking number. When you're 70, you're fucking old. If we're still doing this when you're 70, then I'm going to call you old. But I mean, <laughs> admit, admittedly, though, um, that that part is creeping in for me a little bit. Like, holy fuck, man, 50s. That's old, like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're 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 getting up there because you can think of, of your parents being like I can. You know, I mean, when I think of fifty, and I think of my dad's fiftieth birthday party that we had like fifteen years ago, and it was like a big a big to do. You know, I mean that that was that's fifty to me. It's like holy fuck, my dad was fifty. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's <laughs> I can't remember one, my dad turning forty or thirty. So <laughs> that's one that really punches home is and 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 i guess somewhat fortunately for me that my parents are relatively close to me in age they were really young when when i came along they're still in their teens right so you know uh, my mom i'm going to be 50 and my mom will still be in her 60s right so the the parental thing isn't as far reaching but some relative like my aunt who's older uh and even my parents i guess like when my parents turned 50 I was still in my early 30s, and it was a big deal. I yeah. Like, oh, my God. My parents are now officially old. Yeah. My parents had always been the young parents, right? Because everybody else's, most of the other kids, their parents were five, six, Yeah, my seven, dad was 21 20 years old. So I get it. Yeah. Right. So th- this is one where, yeah, when they finally turned 50, I was like, okay, my parents are now, they're no longer young people. Right? So now mm. I'm <laughs> applying this to myself going, ooh, I wish I hadn't have said that. <laughs> it's not, and, and like I said, I can I can deal with it all. It's just the, the the reason I asked, the reason I brought it up is this is this is really the first time I'm experiencing that whole mm. oh my god, this birthday it is looming a little bit. Yeah, and I haven't quite figured out in my head how. Um, there's days when I'm really happy about it, and there's days when I'm, when I'm kind of bummed. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah, not sure they, what they, to do with it. Like I, the, the the Facebook responses, they they ranged anywhere from 18 to 65 when we asked yeah, people all over the map. what was that big milestone birthday for you. And the one woman who responded, Laura, I think it was, was like 18 was mine, but that was back in 1977. For some reason, that's still the big milestone birthday. Mm-hmm. Milestone birthdays can be younger ones. They can be permission based ones, license drinking, voting. That sort of shit, um, but I think for most people it looms in the zeros. The 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 the, the devil is in the zeros, and for yeah. some reason anything ending with a zero tends to grab people by the boo boo a little bit more than you know uh, a sixteen or an eighteen or a nineteen or a whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite one from the Facebook post was MJ Scooter. She said, um, my 65th birthday was celebrated at the cottage with two $100 bottles of bubbly and chicken wings. I had also retired two weeks before when I unexpectedly inherited a bit of cash. So it's like, it was just like this perfect thing. Like it's almost like a, like a coming out party kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Retirement cash in hand 65th birthday celebrate mm. with some champagne like there's nothing better than that you know mm-hmm. like I, yeah there, there's the other thing too is um i mean unfortunately i'm not in a position i, I wish i was but i and i don't know if i ever will be i'll probably work till i'm dead but mm-hmm. there's gonna be something that comes with getting to be my age where it's like okay i can i can kind of see the finish line here where i'm gonna be able to relax and there won't be those expectations that i gotta go 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 yeah Right. My my stepdad is very happily retired. Yeah, a, a lot of people. A lot of people are. Awesome. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are that are welcoming that. For me personally, like I don't know that I could see myself retiring. I, I don't I don't know if that's me neither. In my I don't know if that's in my DNA. I mean, I, I, if I if all that that I could see myself retiring from a day to day nine to five job, but like I, I'm right. a big believer that you need something to. to um, so if you won you millions know, of dollars, would you just sorry, quit lose doing you? everything, or would you? Ooh, that's a good question. Did we lose Chris? I think we did. Uh, oh, okay, he's, he's it's okay. We'll keep going. Uh, yeah. So there's there's one for you, Benny. Like if you won, first yeah. of all, what, first of all, what's that number for you where you could just be like, well, this is it. I don't need to fucking work because I think people think that number is actually higher than it than it actually needs to be. My boss at work, he calls it the uh, the fuck it all number, and it's basically you you break down how much. Is the, I mean, if I wanted to, if I had to live in a smaller house or if I had to rent or whatever, mm-hmm. how much would I pay for rent? If I had to trim down all the fat on my life and just live with what I need, mm-hmm. what is that my number? So and that you. number, when you get to it, it's called your fuck it all number. And that is basically the number that you need to have as a net worth that you could say, I, I don't need to work anymore. And that number for people, you I mean, people would think, oh, it's, I mean, six million dollars. It's not anything even fucking close to no, that. Prob- it's, probably. You know I mean? it's, it's more in the million, million and a half, one point eight. So if you have I'm a net worth somewhere around that, you could actually say, yeah, I'm thinking somewhere between anymore. a million and two. I mean, if you take yeah. a million, if you take a fifty thousand dollar salary and prorate that over 20 years, there's your million dollars. Yeah. You know, I'm 50 now. By the time I'm I, almost 50, by the time I'm 70, I'm, I'm going to be so. But I, I'm planning on going a little bit further than that. I'd like to take yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. of trips. I'd like of to course. be able to leave a little bit. So, so probably two million dollars. I think I could comfortably if, if it landed in my hand right now. I could comfortably say I'm done. Would I is the question. Well, yeah, that's the question is if you if you just had an indispensable, so not not two million, not where you're right against the cap, so to speak. Um, mm. But if you just had, you know, I mean, someone passed away or something and you had 20 million dollars, mm. uh, would you? I know you probably likely wouldn't do junk removal. Um, no. Would you? <laughs> no. Would you? Would you work in some capacity? Like, would you do yep. this? But in a, you mean you just have like a balls fucking studio? I'd look back there and it'd be fucking amazing studio. Or would you just go into the radio station that you want? And say, look, fuckface, guess who your new morning show guy is? Here's $2 million. Fuck off. I go back to school. 
that's what I always say. I'd go back to school. I go to Mac. I would just whatever fucking classes I wanted. And I would drive there in my fucking Lexus and (laughs) I would park it and I would go and I would, uh, yeah, I would just, I don't know what, I don't know what I get into. I like in terms of, in terms of not wanting to retire and saying, I can never see myself retiring. My dad's a good example of this up until he was Jesus, even 60. So my dad's going to turn, my dad will turn 68 this year. He just retired June, uh, like a week ago, was his official last day. So he is done yeah. working, officially done working. But if you would ask my dad just eight years ago when he was 60, uh, are you ever going to retire? No, not a chance. Yeah, my mom's I think the same it's, way. It's, I think it's one of those, like, like those, those breaking point things. My mom, on the other hand, has been trying like hell to retire. She doesn't like what she does, though. My dad loved this job. Yeah. Uh, my mom hates her job. So she, she, she doesn't hate where she works, but she doesn't like, she's an accountant. She's, she didn't like accounting at all. She went into accounting out of necessity because she was a single mom and needed to pay the bills. So uh, she's been stuck in a job that she doesn't like for a long, long time. She can't wait to get out of it. She would have retired at 40 if she could have. But for those of us who do enjoy doing what we do, yeah, I think the whole retirement thing is something that just one day you wake up and it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's what happened with my dad. Mm-hmm. And be- because my dad was so involved in his job, he's a high executive type guy. Um, he, he couldn't like he needed to, to develop an exit strategy. It wasn't just like, hey, guys, you know what? I'm retired. See you later. <laughs> yeah. He, because the company had been so good to him, he felt compelled. OK, here's here's the plan. I'm going to make my exit. And they gave him a nice soft out sort of thing where it was like, OK, why don't you come in three days a week? Or how about you be at home and then we'll consult with you and so, yeah. on and so forth until we've we've restructured enough that you're replaceable hmm. sort of thing. And my God, what a luxury that is. Yeah, no right. kidding. As opposed to my stepdad, where you know it was arbitrarily decided that uh, you are very much replaceable and you're out of work. It might, that happened to my grandfather That's, too. He yeah. was a butcher, and he was just told, "No, nope, you're retiring." But I don't want to retire. No, you're retiring. That would suck. That that would, mm-hmm. yeah, that would really suck. That would that would probably suck more than having to work every day for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, would, yeah, I would much rather be forced into labor and have to work to pay the bills in some capacity, <laughs> have to work, than to be told one day, you're no longer wanted here, you're no longer useful, you got to go. Yeah, yeah I just I want to just, I want to discover that on my own. <laughs> it's, yes. like, it's like a, it's like it's I like would, professional athletes. Like, do you want to just do you want to Ray Bork it and go out on your own, or do you want to fucking just get hurt <laughs> all the way out? Yeah, like, right. Be a yeah, shell of your former that, self. That's one. That's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to to, to one of the, one of the one of the motivations behind this whole podcast thing in general. Retirement plan, that, you know, build build something that nobody can take away. You know, yeah. true. And Fuck you know all that shit. Like I, I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm that I'm bad or that that I I have show I need show notes or, or that I I have to improve here or, or do this this way. It's like no, like like I can't you know, relate. I got, if, if the, I got I can't relate to uh, a twenty year old audience. That's what I got when I from Mr. Drew Keith and all this yeah, fucking like, fuck epic them. radio wisdom. Fuck that shit. What's he doing yeah. now? Nissan no, it's like sales. it's like yo if 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 their if their notes were truly meaningful and significant then they wouldn't be they'd be millionaires 
Yeah. That's what I don't get. It's like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these people, like it's just, they, they, they have this position of authority and they, 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 they feel like they have to use it to make you feel worse about yourself and in turn make them feel better about themselves. It's just a, it's just a power dynamic. It has nothing to do with talent. How many so great, like, that's why with this shit, it's like freedom, complete how, freedom. We'll do whatever the fuck we want and see you later guys. How many great coaches were great players? Well, very few. Right? I used to say there aren't very good coaches. Few. There were but, some, yeah. but very you know, few. There's I always, no, I always used to look at that when program directors, when I was in radio, uh, program directors would say, you need to improve here, you need to improve here, this sucked, that sucked. It's like, okay, well, um, could I hear your last air check? Seriously. Oh, you, oh, you yeah. don't have one. Right, right. There's a it's reason. The, those those who can't do, teach. <laughs> it's a dynamic in radio I could never understand. That the people who were saying, here's how you do it, never did it. I know. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, for me personally, like I give a lot of respect to people that have had a, 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 a history of success. So it doesn't matter if that's a, it doesn't matter if that's a 13 year old girl that's on YouTube, that's got a million subscribers or that's like, and somebody that's retired, that's done it before. But like, I need to see the chops before I can take what you say seriously. It's the I, way, the kind of the way I see it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, my mentor, my guy, my, the person I took all my guidance from and learned everything from Carrie Gray had been a very successful morning radio host, like really yeah, there successful it is. and had worked everywhere and had done some way out shit on the air, some really actually revolutionary stuff. So immediately it grabbed my attention. Right. Whereas, you know, taking guidance from one in particular who uh, had never been, never been on the air was a producer but was uh, a great administrator and, and uh, you know, and this is basically what program directors have become in radio. They're not coaches anymore. They're just, they're pencil pushers. And this guy was a very good pencil pusher, but had never been on the air. And quite frankly, all the, I thought all the tips and, and great things that I could be doing on the air were absolute kife. And I'm like, you know what? If, if I took your guidance, I'd get <laughs> out that of a job. You, you'd be mm. firing me the next day because nobody would enjoy listening to your shit. Yeah. The true skill, the true skill is being able to, and it's easier said than done, but being able to just shut out all that bullshit and just go on about your business regardless. Right. Cause like all these people are just like, and I, and I don't fault them for it, but a lot of like, I get this a lot too, where, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'll write something and, and it's, it's a similar, it's a similar thing. Like with radio, everybody could talk with writing. Everybody could write, right. but there's a difference between being a professional and being just, you know, a casual person that just does it out of necessity. Yeah. So like, I'll get people criticizing stuff that I do. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, that's not even like, you just, I don't know. You, you just can't. You just can't put too much stake in it. You know what I mean? You got to kind of trust yourself with that stuff and, and uh, you know, push through it. Because people are just most of the time just trying to justify their position by, like, offering some insight that nobody asked for to begin with. You know One what I mean? One of my favorite, favorite lines ever was uh, Iron Mike Benson, who's no longer with us, too. But I was standing yeah. in the studio with him when he got a phone call and some guy said, what gives you the right to say that? And Mike's response was a 50,000 watt fucking transmitter, asshole. Go get your own and hung up on him. And I went, yeah. That's, a fun, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. I thought that was just the greatest thing. So anyway, listen, guys, I, it's, uh, I got to wrap up. I got to go push it right on. Cool. Uh, good chat good this morning, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one.
Yeah. And by the way, Chris, you had mentioned that's why you do this. This this is why I do this, too. I love doing this with you guys. I really do. And uh, yeah. this, this is my outlet. I'm not in radio anymore. <laughs> I, I wish I was. I miss it. But uh, th- this is my outlet. I get I get to do what I really enjoy every morning. And I mean, I'd be getting paid for it, but it really doesn't matter at this point. No, it's 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 you know, I be- truly believe that, you know, radio is an art form. Um, and you know, I, and I think it's, it's an, it's, it's art, what we're doing right now. I mean, obviously we have ambitions to make it something that that's, that's more than this. Um, but you know, it's right now, it's just art for the sake of art. And I love that. It's, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Ironically, ironically and sadly, it is an art form, but it's being run now by people who should be doing what I'm doing. And that's junk by non, yeah, by non artists. It's it's run by. It's run by suits. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> guys, okay. I gotta go. All right. See All you right. Guys. Good chat. See you guys. Right. See you. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVee, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. 